0: Former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo has been confirmed as Commerce Secretary in President Biden's administration. And with that this week, Dan McKee was sworn in as the 76th Governor of Rhode Island.
1: This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. Please raise your right hand. I you, your hand. Good. Yep. Good. <laughs> you, being by the free vote of the electors of the state of Rhode Island, elected onto the place of Lieutenant Governor and pursuant to the Constitution of Rhode Island succeeding to the Office of Governor, do solemnly swear to be true and faithful unto this State and to support the Constitution of this State and of the United States, that you will faithfully and impartially discharge all the duties of your aforesaid Office of Governor to the best of your abilities according to law, so help you God. Thank you. I do. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Secretary. Thank you very much.
0: And right there, Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea swearing in the now 76th Governor of Rhode Island, Dan McKee, on Tuesday night around 6.40 p.m. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you for this special edition of the Bartholomew Town Podcast as we take a look at what lies ahead for Governor McKee. Kind of paint a picture of his background and I report from the field having spent time with him during his last hours as Lieutenant Governor and his first day as governor. So coming up on Sunday afternoon at the State House, they're gonna do sort of the ceremonial swearing in, if you will, on the steps of the State House. They'll have all some of the pomp and circumstance, I guess, that you would normally see. Um, I'm not quite sure what the extent of that will be. I'll be there live, we'll be broadcasting on social media inside the Bartholomew Town podcast, Facebook group, and across our network of platforms. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what sort of presentation they put together. With COVID, you can obviously expect a bit of a drop-off from what you'd normally get in a gubernatorial inauguration, but hey, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll broadcast that live again across social media. So, Lieutenant Governor McKee, well, he was the first guest, the first political guest here on the Bartholomew Town podcast way back when. And he came to my loft, and we talked for about 90 minutes. And since that moment, even before then, as I was preparing for the interview, of course, but since then, I've been following the lieutenant governor quite closely uh, during his tenure as LG. And I was curious, during his final few hours as lieutenant governor, he had gotten his vaccine at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, and we were all there, kind of gathered together, some members of the media, members of McKee's staff, and I asked him, I said, hey, what are you going to carry with you from your time as lieutenant governor to your term as governor?
1: So, Bill, that's a good question. So I was in my office late last night. I had met with the speaker and the Senate president uh, in, the, in the House, in the speaker's office. And I spent a few minutes down in the office reflecting about the work that we did as lieutenant governor, bringing municipalities together, fighting for our, uh, you know, for, for fair electric rates. Working over the last year tirelessly to help our small businesses, so I can feel really good. And I want to just say that our staff, I want to thank the you know the people who work with me in the office, who all of them will be coming up to our, our governor's office in some capacity. But I think that we leave, uh, you know, uh, a real we, we continue to work with our veterans, we continue to work out with our young people in terms of an entrepreneur challenge. So there's going to be a lot there that was there when I w- when I showed up. But I think that we left a great deal of, uh, and we'll leave those plaques on the wall, the 39 cities and towns that I put up there when when I showed
0: up. And that 39 cities and towns approach to government, that municipal-oriented approach, that's become a signature of Dan McKee's. He was a six-term mayor of Cumberland, Rhode Island, before being elected as lieutenant governor. And during his time as lieutenant governor, a lot of people saw him as the mayor of the state. You know what I mean? He really built a network of municipal leaders, particularly in northern Rhode Island, Charlie Lombardi in North Providence, Joe Policina in Johnston, um, to a certain extent, Don Grebian in Pawtucket, James Diosa in Central Falls, and others. And sort of adopted that approach to how he was operating things. Right out of the gate, ever since it was pretty clear that Gina Raimondo was going to be heading to Washington, D.C., that municipal approach has been present in McKee's transition team with a number of mayors and other town-slash-city leaders being members of that transition team and otherwise just members of his inner circle of advisors, both in terms of official and unofficial. So there's no question that Dan McKee will take an approach much different than Gina Raimondo's when it comes to interacting and establishing policy goals with the various 39, I should say, cities and towns here in Rhode Island. But McKee enters office in a time like no other, as he has to take hold of a COVID-19 crisis that is far from over and is now focused more than anything on the distribution of vaccine across the state. And for that, McKee has already announced that he will be making some major shifts from Governor Raimondo's approach, which was to vaccinate those folks 75 and over, then 65 and over. McKee tells me he's going to continue that approach, but he announced that he will be vaccinating teachers. In fact, I already know several teachers of various various age groups who have received their vaccine. And on his first day in office, I asked him if he thought that service workers, people who work in restaurants, grocery stores, et cetera, would also be sort of prioritized. And he did say that that would be something that would likely come up soon, as soon as the teachers and obviously the age-oriented and health-oriented categories are met. But he emphasized as well that at some point soon, we're going to have a situation where once supply is under control one of the main jobs of his office will be to convince people who are skeptical about taking the vaccine to go and get it.
1: The thing that we need to get ready for, that's why we're building capacity. Supply is going to increase rapidly. This is when you do the planning to get the shots in the eye of people, not after you get the supply and then have to wait uh, to get the
0: uh, capacity built. Part of that messaging came on his first day in office as McKee toured South Providence. And as he walked up and down Broad Street and I joined him for portions of that, It was interesting to see just how many members of the community recognized Dan McKee, how many people ran up and wanted selfies or wanted to shake his hand or do the elbow bump or whatever it was. And you got the sense that that McKee network, if you will, that I mentioned extending through northern Rhode Island, well, it also extends into the urban core. And... If you think back to the beginning of COVID-19, when I was screaming about zip codes and why aren't certain areas being prioritized for testing, for treatment, for translation, for education and information distribution in the appropriate languages and so forth, it seems like McKee understands that. And is prepared to move forward in a way that, at least at the beginning of COVID-19, the Raimondo administration simply was not. Now, obviously, Dan McKee was shut out of the COVID-19 decision-making process for much of 2020. But he has said routinely that he has been able to get caught up with all the minutia, with all the detail orientation when it comes to Rhode Island's COVID-19 response. Something that Dr. Alexander Scott Director of the Rhode Island Department of Health has also echoed, as have other members of that sort of core response unit when it comes to COVID 19. But vaccines undoubtedly the priority, and it's something that Dan McKee will try to stake his first 100 days on getting the state uh, vaccine distribution program into an even better place than it is trending right now and getting the shot into as many arms as possible, particularly those who are somewhat skeptical of taking this vaccine. Of course, in addition to the ongoing COVID-19 crisis, which will challenge McKee and his administration greatly, there's also a possible major budget crisis. And a huge element of that will come down to the federal stimulus, the American Rescue Plan. And McKee on Monday was joined by Congressman Langevin and Cicilline and Mayor Alorza of Providence pushing for the passage of this act. And it was very clear That without additional funds, our budget here in the state of Rhode Island is going to be in a precarious uh, position. That will be something that probably number two behind vaccines, vaccines being one, COVID in general being 1A, number two on McKee's plate, undoubtedly finding a way to get the state of Rhode Island into a fiscally sound position here amidst the COVID-19 crisis and all that has been ongoing. So that level of fiscal uncertainty, something that will be a challenge for the Speaker of the House, for the Senate President, and for Governor McKee to find a way to move forward. And hopefully that stimulus bill comes through because it's unclear what exactly it will look like here in Rhode Island if we do not receive those funds. Um, And that also goes for municipalities as well. But in terms of the governor... A lot to be seen as the federal dollars need to start rolling in for this budget to be balanced. McKee has made it clear he does not want to raise taxes, even with progressive voices calling for um, increased taxation on those who are making more than $500,000 a year or other metrics as well. McKee's saying it's not the time to raise taxes for anybody, and I suppose it really is a hurry up and wait moment as we await federal dollars and an overall picture of the budget this coming May. McKee also faces many other challenges, of course, that have been ongoing here for, well, I mean, obviously centuries to a certain extent when it comes to social justice and equity. Through some of his administration appointments, it's clear that he's trying to diversify the voices in the room. But how will that translate into actual action? He was out front. In fact, I believe he was the first elected official to really come out in support of the Black Lives Matter movement back and well, statewide elected official to come out in support of the Black Lives Matter movement um, back in early June of last year. But how does that translate into policy? How does that translate into access? I asked him yesterday about, will he be considering board appointments from people who have otherwise been shut out of government? He did say that his office would be reflective of all of the communities here in Rhode Island. We
1: have that right in our, right in our office, right? So, Three, three major issues that we're going to be really focused on besides running the state and doing the COVID is one is going to be education. And you've just talked about that. The other is the economy and small business. And the third one is, is creating a kind of an opportunity, equity type of, uh, you know, line, line of leadership. And we're already starting
0: that. So we'll hold into that. Obviously be checking in to see if that expansion does take place. In addition to all of that, there's obviously climate issues. There's development issues. There's obviously a housing crisis here in Rhode Island. We've obviously got coastal access issues. We've got major questions about the infrastructure of this state that we need answers to. And those will all be on Governor McKee's plate for sure. The question is, where do they fit in terms of prioritization in that first 100 days or in the overall scope of his immediate goals? Another thing to consider. 2022 is an election year, and Dan McKee is a name that was amongst a chorus of other people who were going to be candidates. The second that Dan McKee was sworn in as the 76th governor of Rhode Island, he instantly became the likely favorite to win the gubernatorial election in 2022. Now, other challengers are obviously Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, who administered the oath of office to McKee, right? Uh, General Treasurer Seth Magaziner, who has done what he can to... Make himself uh, present in terms of media interaction, calling a lot of press conferences, sending out a lot of press releases, just trying to stay on the radar screen of as many Rhode Islanders as possible. Providence Mayor Alorza. He's someone else who will be certainly in the thick of things when it comes to the uh, 2022 gubernatorial race. And how about even Jim Langevin? If we have a situation where we lose a congressperson, does he float his name? But with McKee as incumbent, it changes everything. You know, it changes the scope of a Democratic primary here in many ways. And in addition to that, whoever he appoints for lieutenant governor, which I believe certainly the clubhouse leaders right now, I'd say the favorite is Providence City Council President Sabina Matos with James Diosa, the former mayor of Central Falls, as a a fading second place, in my opinion. But if Matos is lieutenant governor, well, that changes things as well in that race greatly. Aaron Regenberg, who nearly defeated McKee by, what, a couple thousand votes back in 2018 in that primary, he has thrown his name as into the, the ring as somebody who would like to run for LG in 2022. But if Matos is the lieutenant governor and wishes to seek election in 2022, boy, does that create a difficult pathway for Regenberg. So the entire... Scope, political picture, if you will, of Rhode Island has been greatly impacted by Dan McKee becoming governor here in 2021. And how that all plays out remains to be seen, but it's going to be a tough road for any challenger at both the uh, governor and lieutenant governor level in 2022, a year that we thought was going to be quote unquote wide open, where voices like Joe Paolinos may get in the mix. So From a political standpoint, the McKee rise to governor here in 2021 does shift things in a major way. So wrapping this up, I think the message for Dan McKee that is most consistently um, being echoed around the state is good luck. Um, Getting COVID dialed in is obviously the priority as McKee is someone who is strongly pro-small business, you do get the sense he's going to move to open things up in a more rapid manner than maybe even a Raimondo administration would have. Um, I don't think this is going to be Texas or anything like that, but you'll probably see, and I've heard from people inside his office and even the, even the governor himself, that music venues and other spaces will likely be open sooner than later. And I think most Rhode Islanders are probably in a position right now where they want a carefully calculated strategy that can balance small business and the economy at large and public health. And that'll be the great challenge for McKee right now. There's no doubt about it. And we'll obviously be following that here on B-Town in depth as well as over on the TV side on Rhode Island PBS. We've got some stuff coming up to really profile this transition, which is taking place right now at the Rhode Island State House, So that's a little bit of a background and sort of looking forward, if you will, for Dan McKee. He's got a strong emphasis on small business. He's got a master's of public administration from Harvard University, longtime mayor of Cumberland, and had been serving as Lieutenant Governor for the last six years before now taking over for Gina Raimondo, who was confirmed and sworn in this week to become Commerce Secretary in the Biden administration. This has been a B-Town Podcast special report. We'll return to our regularly scheduled programming next week on Tuesday, as I'm with you every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And of course, you can catch up on 279 Other episodes at ripodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. If you'd like, go ahead and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this episode, it all helps the cause. And be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bill Bartholomew. Until next time, we'll talk soon. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B Town.